WQHT and WQHT HD1 New York. This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers on Hot 97. Welcome to the special episode of Street Soldiers on location in Jamaica, Queens. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. I'm so glad you're joining us as we spend quality time getting to know the people who live and work in this community. They're facing challenges, but there's also signs of progress. And from what we see, they're determined to make it. More than half a million people pass through Jamaica's transit hub each day. There they have access to four subway lines, 48 bus routes, the Long Island Railroad, and AirTran JFK. At this world-class hub, you're minutes away from both JFK Airport in one direction and Manhattan in the other. Queensborough President Donovan Richards says he's made it his mission to get the riders and their spending power into the community he grew up in. He wants everyone to feel welcome and come live, work, shop, and play here. We wanted to make sure that, especially since I'm from here, coming in as the borough president, that we started to really focus in on historic investment, really correcting a lot of the disparities that have existed in this community for a long time. Just steps away from the transit hub is Rincon Salvadoreño, the first El Salvadorian restaurant in New York City. Owner Elena Barsenas had hoped for an influx of new customers when two hotels opened nearby. But instead, more than 2,000 rooms have been taken over to house migrants. No matter what, she's determined to stay here. I've been here for 27 years. I took over the business uh, 27 years ago after my husband passed away. And it's gone up and down. We've seen many changes and it's a strong community and I've always believed in it. Along Jamaica Avenue, you see long-established businesses along with major new chains that are bringing in the shoppers. We got Burlington, um, Target, we have Old Navy, we have, a, you know, we have a variety of stores and we have um, Fabco Shoes, we got T-Mobile. I love it. It's a great community. More than $60 million is being allocated to make over Jamaica Avenue with a modern look. This community has the ability to grow and expand, to build housing, to be an economic driver, to address quality of life issues, but still keep the fabric of our beloved Southeast Queens community. The reggae hotspot has been in Jamaica for more than 20 years. Owner Jason Ellis sees a different type of change. Stores that have been here for years closing due to rising rents and lower profits. It's not me alone that is going through the slowness, but um, other business owners from the hairdressers to the nail salons to um, some of the other clothing stores around here in the area. A lot of businesses have closed. So stores that we used to have a long gone small mom and pop shops are gone. More than one billion dollars in private money is building new residential and commercial spaces. The NYPD says many major crime categories in the 103rd precinct declined in 2023 compared to 2022. Murders dropped by 83.3%. Burglaries were down 21.8%. And shootings down by 57.1%. Captain Nicholas Miner tells me their focus has been highly visible foot patrols and specialty units. How important is it for you to have your officers be a visible presence here? Very important. You know, I think it, it helps the community. It gives them a sigh of relief that they see a police officer in front of the store. And um, again, even just people coming in and out, like working, going to work and stuff, seeing a cop on that corner, you know, it gives them a sense of like security. Have you been seeing more police on the streets here? Yes. We got two on every corner just about. Two on every corner, some in the, in the stores, and they're out here. Let's get right to it now. 
We're here on Jamaica Avenue in Jamaica, Queens with City Council Member Natasha Williams. Great to be with you. Thank you so much, and thank you for being in Jamaica. It's wonderful. You're going to show us around a little bit yes. here in your district. So excited for you to come and see all of the things that we're doing here. So much is happening. The city is investing through our Jamaica Neighborhood Plan. Now, when you look around, when you take a walk here on Stephen in Jamaica, and you see the diversity of the community, and you see what's happening here, all the entrepreneurs as well, too, from the stores to the streets, what goes through your mind? We have the opportunity to make this an economic hub. We have the opportunity to address quality of life issues. We have the opportunity to build housing, but still maintain the fabric of our deep Southeast Queens community. And then when you uh, talk to residents in particular, because we're in the business district right now, what are their top concerns? The top concerns for many were no different than any other communities, of course, is public safety, quality of life issues. People just want to go home, have their trash picked up, but have to deal with speeding or other uh, grievances. And then most importantly, housing. A lot of people are in need of housing. The mayor has uh, set aside money, millions of dollars for Jamaica, so has the governor. How will the average resident or average business owner or vendor here or student or worker, how are they going to see that in the years ahead? So they're going to see that in infrastructure. I truly believe we need to invest both in our social and physical infrastructure. So making sure we have the appropriate schools for our students, making sure our streets are paved, making sure that people have the opportunity to work in this community. Standing right now, we are at the Stephen and Archer train station. It's the Long Island Railroad, the E, J, Z, and the Air Train. How important is this train station and this tra huge transit hub to your plans for the future here? This is extremely important because it's a major transportation hub. You can get to 34th Street in less than 20 minutes. Millions of people travel through this area yearly, so we know it's very important. Now you have a, there's another vision for this whole area here with the train station, the transit hub behind us, and then going up this way, what's going to be happening? So the city actually, through the Economic Development Corporation, is building a plaza. So years from now, you'll have an amazing plaza. That building won't even be there. And through the Jamaica Neighborhood Plan, we'll also have lots of other different types of buildings and other community infrastructure. Jamaica is famous for the diversity of its residents and its restaurants. You're about to meet one award-winning restaurant owner who has weathered many storms. Elena Barsenas opened this beautiful restaurant with her husband more than 40 years ago. She was recently recognized as one of the city's top Latina business owners. Elena, great to be with you here. I am so happy you're here, Lisa, with us at Fincon Salvadoreño restaurant. The, this restaurant has been here for a very long time. Yes, actually we are the first Salvadorian restaurant in New York. We are going to be here, our, this is our 44th year. I've been here for 27 years. I took over the business uh, 27 years ago after my husband passed away. And it's gone up and down. We've seen many changes and it's a strong community and I've always believed in it. What kind of changes have you seen in the Jamaica neighborhood? I've seen positive changes. I remember before we had to deal with gangs, uh, violence, crime, and there was a lot more loitering. And I've seen a steady improve because the community really uh, puts, there's a lot of people that really put a lot of love into this community. What kinds of challenges are you facing now? My challenges are very, uh, very strong right now, especially um, for me, COVID was actually like the cherry on top. That's what I thought. Because 2017, that's when all the development 
started here in Jamaica, Queens, with the restaurant, not with the hotels and so forth. And the challenges that now that I'm having is the migrants into the community, especially right next to my restaurant. So when uh, COVID hit, I closed actually the restaurant for eight months because we are a family restaurant in-house. We didn't really depend on uh, to-go orders. Well, that changed. And uh, then, like I said, we looked into the future. I held on thinking that this whole development was going to be positive for my business and surrounding businesses. But it actually hasn't been that way. And that's because of the, the, the hotels being turned into migrant shelters? Absolutely, because that has created problems. My business is in the corner. So the hotel is right in back of my restaurant. It's caused loitering, selling of food, uh, trash, drugs, and that has definitely has impacted my restaurant, my business, because at night eh, people don't, they see that and they just see it as a negative uh, factor. And they don't want to come around? They don't. They don't. They don't feel comfortable? They don't feel comfortable, they don't feel safe, and it's not because of the people of the, it's not the migrants, it's just the whole situation. Right. It isn't because they're, you know, because they're bad people, that's not it. It's just the way, the way it's been done. It has created this problem for now, business owners like myself. If nothing changes, how long can you hold on? You know, it's hard, uh, I can't really answer because I'm going to keep fighting. Whether I borrow, or it, which is very hard because if you don't have you know, for us minority women in minority businesses, to even get a regular loan is very difficult. Your traditional loan, you have to have someone that can assist you. But then you have all these other qualifications that you have to meet. And if you, but I keep fighting. Coming up, we'll talk with a local leader who grew up here in Jamaica and is now helping to shape its future. 97. What it do, this Kevin Gates, and right now I'm kicking it with Lisa Elvers. WQHT and WQHT HD1 New York. This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers on Hot 97. Why is Jamaica so important to you? This is the place where I was born and bred, you know, grew up here, went to Jamaica High School. Know a little something about the Coliseum block and getting a little bit of trouble. Uh, but the bottom line is that this neighborhood is a neighborhood that historically has not seen the investments that it's needed for a long time. And coming in, especially the first black man as Queensborough president, the first uh, borough president to come from this neighborhood, it was critical to me to ensure that we secure historic investments that will correct many of the wrongs from the past. And then in terms of those wrongs from the past, how would you characterize those? I mean, listen, you look at unemployment, you know, when you don't invest in the community, it breeds a lot of different elements, right? We talk about crime. We talk about the challenges around housing, right? This is an area that has uh, one of the highest concentrations of homeless individuals who are living in hotels or living in other facilities, right? Um, so all of those things compounding really do make uh, communities like this very challenging. Um, even with the talent we have here, we want to keep that talent here. We want to create that live, work, and play space. In Jamaica, you have to remember at one point was one of the, the most sought after uh, economic hubs from a shopping standpoint. It was the place to be, and it's surely lost that um, due to many of the challenges, especially the perceptions around crime. 
And how much of a threat is homelessness and the migrant influx to your development plans? Before the migrant crisis, we had 40,000 individuals in shelter. And it's one of the reasons I'm always happy when I come down here and I see housing being built because it's really about building housing at this point. We cannot talk our way out of this crisis. And right now we're working with Councilmember Natasha Williams on a larger uh, Jamaica plan, which will incorporate more housing and really thinking about how do we not just build housing, but how do we build community, right? So we need to see more investments in community facility. But now there has been progress has been made. Well, we're making a lot of progress in this, this site we, we sit in with something that the governor funded. Um, you know, there's a lot more that we are focused on. We secured about $70 million to finally get rid of the brick pavers. You know, a lot of the complaints we get about Jamaica, it feels like it's still in the, the, the golden ages. So we want to ensure that we're modernizing Jamaica from uh, the standpoint of lighting, which also does play into safety as well, really making sure that we try to um, entice more businesses to come in, not losing that local touch because I still want the patty spot on the Coliseum. I still want Jamaican flavors when I come <laughs> down to or some margaritas pizza, right? Um, but, the, but the bottom line is how do we make sure we cultivate the talent here with that investment, unlike what we've seen in other parts of the city where that investment comes in, but it pushes local community out. But beyond that, it's, you know, investments in Roy Wilkins Park. You know, we secured $92 million to build a new community center. Um, we're going to build a new bus terminal now on 165. You know, it, it may seem like it's just a bus terminal, but that bus terminal has looked the same way it looks from the time I was a little kid. So how do we make sure that people can see and feel those investments when they walk in the neighborhood? And I guarantee you there's always a direct correlation between crime and investment, right? Um, downtown Far Rockaway, for instance, where I rezoned, you know, we secured over $300 million. Last year we had zero murders. I mean, unfortunately we had a murder-suicide in December. Um, but outside of that, zero murders, because guess what? When you invest in human capital and you invest in human infrastructure and gray and green infrastructure, you really do see a difference in the community. Now, one of those big uh, ways of investing, you're looking at the tech field. Tell us about that. Well, right now you look at the tech field uh, across the city, and it's a conversation I've had with Mayor Adams. Uh, we've just been meeting with his deputy mayor a few weeks ago. 12% of individuals in tech uh, in New York City are black. That's dismal. That's a dismal number when this is a, the most diverse county in the United States of America and in the world, 190 countries represented here, 360 languages and dialects. And we need to ensure that the tech field uh, is representative of the very people who make up this city. So it's nice to have Google here, but if the people of Jamaica can't benefit from that, what difference are we really making? Tech is one way of unifying and bringing everybody together. You know, if there was a Jamaica app, perhaps, you know, people get on the air train, they look at the app, okay, I could go here to eat, I could go here to shop. Uh, you know, we're even thinking of creating, um, and we've been working on this, they've done this in the Bronx, like a walk of fame, right? We should have the 50 cents and the Nas's and the people, the Lost Boys, the DMC. the, the DMC's, <laughs> the, the, the Jackie Robinson's, you know, all these folks lived here, the Ella Fitzgerald, all these folks live right here in Jamaica and St. Albans. They walk these streets. So how do we ensure that we create that tourism lens here? And tech is one way of doing it. There's a, a, a lot of growth that can happen here, and I think what Sam investments from the city 
with the continued growth of housing, you're going to see this place go. I'm more than confident uh, be one of the premier locations in New York City. More than half a million people pass through Jamaica's transit hub each day. There they have access to four subway lines, 48 bus routes, the Long Island Railroad and AirTran JFK. At this world-class hub, you're minutes away from both JFK Airport in one direction and Manhattan in the other. Queensborough President Donovan Richards says he's made it his mission to get the riders and their spending power into the community he grew up in. He wants everyone to feel welcome and come live, work, shop and play here. We wanted to make sure that, especially since I'm from here, coming in as the borough president, that we started to really focus in on historic investment, really correcting a lot of the disparities that have existed in this community for a long time. Just steps away from the transit hub is Rincón Salvadoreño, the first El Salvadorian restaurant in New York City. Owner Elena Barsenas had hoped for an influx of new customers when two hotels opened nearby, but instead, more than 2,000 rooms have been taken over to house migrants. No matter what, she's determined to stay here. I've been here for 27 years. I took over the business uh, 27 years ago after my husband passed away, and it's gone up and down. We've seen many changes, and it's a strong community, and I've always believed in it. Along Jamaica Avenue, you see long-established businesses along with major new chains that are bringing in the shoppers. We got Burlington, um, Target, we have Old Navy, we have, a, you know, we have a variety of stores, and we have um, Fabco Shoes, we got T-Mobile. I love it. It's a great community. More than $60 million is being allocated to make over Jamaica Avenue with a modern look. This community has the ability to grow and expand, to build housing, to be an economic driver, to address quality of life issues, but still keep the fabric of our beloved Southeast Queens community. The reggae hotspot has been in Jamaica for more than 20 years. Owner Jason Ellis sees a different type of change. Stores that have been here for years closing due to rising rents and lower profits. It's not me alone that is going through the slowness, but um, other business owners from the hairdressers to the nail salons to um, some of the other clothing stores around here in the area. There's a lot of businesses have closed. So stores that we used to have a long gone small mom and pop shops are gone. More than one billion dollars in private money is building new residential and commercial spaces. The NYPD says many major crime categories in the 103rd precinct declined in 2023 compared to 2022. Murders dropped by 83.3%. Burglaries were down 21.8% and shootings down by 57.1%. Captain Nicholas Miner tells me their focus has been highly visible foot patrols and specialty units. And how important is it for you to have your officers be a visible presence here? Very important. You know, I think it, it helps the community. It gives them a sigh of relief that they see a police officer in front of the store. And um, again, even just people coming in and out, like working, going to work and stuff, seeing a cop on that corner, you know, it gives them a sense of like security. Have you been seeing more police on the streets here? Yes. We got two on every corner just about. Absolutely. Two on every corner, some in the, in the stores, and they're out here. Got it locked. Keep connected with us. For all the music, news, interviews, and more. The new Hot 97 app. Download the app and start listening everywhere you go. UQHD and WQHD HD1 New York. This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers on Hot 97. Let's get right to it now.
We're here on Jamaica Avenue in Jamaica, Queens with City Council Member Natasha Williams. Great to be with you. Thank you so much, and thank you for being in Jamaica. It's wonderful. You're going to show us around a little bit yes. here in your district. So excited for you to come and see all of the things that we're doing here. So much is happening. The city is investing through our Jamaica Neighborhood Plan. Now, when you look around, when you take a walk here on Sutphin in Jamaica, and you see the diversity of the community, and you see what's happening here, all the entrepreneurs as well, yes. too, from the stores to the streets, what goes through your mind? We have the opportunity to make this an economic hub. We have the opportunity to address quality of life issues. We have the opportunity to build housing, but still maintain the fabric of our deep Southeast Queens community. And then when you uh, talk to residents in particular, because we're in the business district right now, what are their top concerns? The top concerns for many were no different than any other communities, of course, is public safety, quality of life issues. People just want to go home, have their trash picked up, and have to deal with speeding or other uh, grievances. And then most importantly, housing. A lot of people are in need of housing. The mayor has uh, set aside money, millions of dollars for Jamaica, so has the governor. How will the average resident or average business owner or vendor here or student or worker, how are they going to see that in the years ahead? So they're going to see that in infrastructure. I truly believe we need to invest both in our social and physical infrastructure. So making sure we have the appropriate schools for our students, making sure our streets are paved, making sure that people have the opportunity to work in this community. Where are we standing right now? We are at the Suffin and Archer train station, the Salon Island Railroad, the E, J, Z, and the Air Train. How important is this train station and this tra huge transit hub to your plans for the future here? This is extremely important because it's a major transportation hub. You can get to 34th Street in less than 20 minutes. Millions of people travel through this area yearly, so we know it's very important. Now you have a, there's another vision for this whole area here with the train station, the transit hub behind us, and then going up this way, what's going to be happening? So the city actually, through the Economic Development Corporation, is building a plaza. So years from now, you'll have an amazing plaza. That building won't even be there. And through the Jamaica Neighborhood Plan, we'll also have lots of other different types of buildings and other community infrastructure. Jamaica is famous for the diversity of its residents and its restaurants. You're about to meet one award-winning restaurant owner who has weathered many storms. Elena Barsenas opened this beautiful restaurant with her husband more than 40 years ago. She was recently recognized as one of the city's top Latina business owners. Elena, great to be with you here. I am so happy you're here, Lisa, with us at Rincón Salvadoreño restaurant. The, this restaurant has been here for a very long time. Yes, actually we are the first Salvadorian restaurant in New York. We are going to be here, our, this is our 44th year. I've been here for 27 years. I took over the business uh, 27 years ago after my husband passed away. And it's gone up and down. We've seen many changes and it's a strong community and I've always believed in it. What kind of changes have you seen in the Jamaica neighborhood? I've seen positive changes. I remember before we had to deal with gangs, uh, violence, crime, and there was a lot more loitering. And I've seen a steady improve because the community really uh, puts, there's a lot of people that really put a lot of love into this community. What kinds of challenges are you facing now? My challenges are very, uh, very strong right now, especially um, for me, COVID was actually like the cherry on top. That's what I thought. 
because 2017, that's when all the development started here in Jamaica, Queens, with the restaurant, not with the hotels and so forth. And the challenges that now that I'm having is the migrants into the community, especially right next to my restaurant. So when uh, COVID hit, I closed actually the restaurant for eight months because we are a family restaurant in-house. We didn't really depend on uh, to-go orders. Well, that changed. And uh, then, like I said, we looked into the future. I held on thinking that this whole development was going to be positive for my business and surrounding businesses. But it actually hasn't been that way. And that's because of the, the, the hotels being turned into migrant shelters? Absolutely, because that has created problems. My business is in the corner. So the hotel is right in back of my restaurant. It's caused loitering, selling of food, uh, trash, drugs, and that has definitely has impacted my restaurant, my business, because at night eh, people don't, they see that and they just see it as a negative uh, factor. And they don't want to come around? They don't. They don't. They don't feel comfortable? They don't feel comfortable, they don't feel safe. And it's not because of the people of the, it's not the migrants, it's just the whole situation. Right. It isn't because they're, you know, because they're bad people, that's not it. It's just the way, the way it's been done. It has created this problem for now, business owners like myself. If nothing changes, how long can you hold on? You know, it's hard. Uh, I can't really answer because I'm going to keep fighting. Whether I borrow, or it, which is very hard because if you don't have, you know, for us minority women in minority businesses to even get a regular loan, it's very difficult. Your traditional loan, you have to have someone that can assist you, but then you have all these other qualifications that you have to meet, and if you, but I keep fighting. Why is Jamaica so important to you? This is the place where I was born and bred, you know, grew up here, went to Jamaica High School, know a little something about the Coliseum block and get in a little bit of trouble, uh, but the bottom line is that this neighborhood is a neighborhood that historically has not seen the investments that it's needed for a long time. And coming in, especially the first black man as Queensborough president, the first uh, borough president to come from this neighborhood, it was critical to me to ensure that we secure historic investments that will correct many of the wrongs from the past. And then in terms of those wrongs from the past, how would you characterize those? I mean, listen, you look at unemployment, you know, when you don't invest in the community, it breeds a lot of different elements, right? We talk about crime. We talk about the challenges around housing, right? This is an area that has uh, one of the highest concentrations of homeless individuals who are living in hotels or living in other facilities, right? Um, so all of those things compounding really do make uh, communities like this very challenging. Um, even with the talent we have here, we want to keep that talent here. We want to create that live, work, and play space. And Jamaica, you have to remember, at one point was one of the, the most sought-after uh, economic hubs from a shopping standpoint, it was the place to be. And it's surely lost that um, due to many of the challenges, especially the perceptions around crime. And how much of a threat is homelessness and the migrant influx 
to your development plans? Before the migrant crisis, we had 40,000 individuals in shelter. And it's one of the reasons I'm always happy when I come down here and I see housing being built because it's really about building housing at this point. We cannot talk our way out of this crisis. And right now we're working with Councilmember Natasha Williams on a larger uh, Jamaica plan, which will incorporate more housing and really thinking about how do we not just build housing, but how do we build community, right? So we need to see more investments in community facility. But now there has been progress that's been made. Well, we're making a lot of progress in this, this site we, we sit in was something that the governor funded. Um, you know, there's a lot more that we are focused on. We secured about $70 million to finally get rid of the brick pavers. You know, a lot of the complaints we get about Jamaica, it feels like it's still in the the, the golden ages. So we want to ensure that we're modernizing Jamaica from uh, the standpoint of lighting, which also does play into safety as well, really making sure that we try to um, entice more businesses to come in, not losing that local touch, because I still want the patty spot on the Coliseum. I still want Jamaican flavors when I come <laughs> down to or some margarita's pizza, right? Um, but, the, but the bottom line is how do we make sure we cultivate the talent here with that investment, unlike what we've seen in other parts of the city where that investment comes in, but it pushes local community out. But beyond that, it's, you know, investments in Roy Wilkins Park. You know, we secured $92 million to build a new community center. Um, we're going to build a new bus terminal now on 165. You know, it, it may seem like it's just a bus terminal, but that bus terminal has looked the same way it looks from the time I was a little kid. So how do we make sure that people can see and feel those investments when they walk in the neighborhood? And I guarantee you there's always a direct correlation between crime and investment, right? Um, downtown Far Rockaway, for instance, where I rezoned, you know, we secured over $300 million. Last year we had zero murders. I mean, unfortunately we had a murder-suicide in December. Um, but outside of that, zero murders, because guess what? When you invest in human capital and you invest in human infrastructure and gray and green infrastructure, you really do see a difference in the community. Now, one of those big uh, ways of investing, you're looking at the tech field. Tell us about that. Well, right now you look at the tech field uh, across the city, and it's a conversation I've had with Mayor Adams. Uh, we've just been meeting with his deputy mayor a few weeks ago. 12% of individuals in tech uh, in New York City are black. That's dismal. That's a dismal number when this is a, the most diverse county in the United States of America and in the world, 190 countries represented here, 360 languages and dialects. And we need to ensure that the tech field uh, is representative of the very people who make up this city. So it's nice to have Google here, but if the people of Jamaica can't benefit from that, what difference are we really making? Tech is one way of unifying and bringing everybody together. You know, if there was a Jamaica app, perhaps, you know, people get on the air train, they look at the app, okay, I could go here to eat, I could go here to shop. Uh, you know, we're even thinking of creating, um, and we've been working on this, they've done this in the Bronx, like a walk of fame, right? We should have the 50 cents and the Nas's and the people, the Lost Boys, the DMC. the, the DMC's, <laughs> the, the, the Jackie Robinson's, you know, all these folks lived here, the Ella Fitzgerald, all these folks live right here in Jamaica in St. Albans. They walk these streets. So how do we ensure that we create that tourism lens here? And tech is one way of doing it. There's a, a, a lot of growth that can happen here, and I think what Sam investments from the city with the continued growth of housing you're going to see this place go i'm more than confident uh be one of the premier locations in new york city where to do this kevin gates from right now i'm kicking it with lisa elvers
and WQHT HD1 New York. This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers on Hot 97. Welcome to the special episode of Street Soldiers on location in Jamaica, Queens. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. I'm so glad you're joining us as we spend quality time getting to know the people who live and work in this community. They're facing challenges, but there's also signs of progress. And from what we see, they're determined to make it. More than half a million people pass through Jamaica's transit hub each day. There they have access to four subway lines, 48 bus routes, the Long Island Railroad, and AirTran JFK. At this world-class hub, you're minutes away from both JFK Airport in one direction and Manhattan in the other. Queensborough President Donovan Richards says he's made it his mission to get the riders and their spending power into the community he grew up in. He wants everyone to feel welcome and come live, work, shop, and play here. We wanted to make sure that, especially since I'm from here, coming in as the borough president, that we started to really focus in on historic investment, really correcting a lot of the disparities that have existed in this community for a long time. Just steps away from the transit hub is Rincon Salvadoreño, the first El Salvadorian restaurant in New York City. Owner Elena Barsenas had hoped for an influx of new customers when two hotels opened nearby. But instead, more than 2,000 rooms have been taken over to house migrants. No matter what, she's determined to stay here. I've been here for 27 years. I took over the business uh, 27 years ago after my husband passed away. And it's gone up and down. We've seen many changes and it's a strong community and I've always believed in it. Along Jamaica Avenue, you see long-established businesses along with major new chains that are bringing in the shoppers. We got Burlington, um, Target, we have Old Navy, we have a, you know, we have a variety of stores and we have um, Fabco Shoes, we got T-Mobile. I love it. It's a great community. More than $60 million is being allocated to make over Jamaica Avenue with a modern look. This community has the ability to grow and expand, to build housing, to be an economic driver, to address quality of life issues, but still keep the fabric of our beloved Southeast Queens community. The reggae hotspot has been in Jamaica for more than 20 years. Owner Jason Ellis sees a different type of change. Stores that have been here for years closing due to rising rents and lower profits. It's not me alone that is going through the slowness, but um, other business owners from the hairdressers to the nail salons to um, some of the other clothing stores around here in the area. A lot of businesses have closed. So stores that we used to have a long gone small mom and pop shops are gone. More than one billion dollars in private money is building new residential and commercial spaces. The NYPD says many major crime categories in the 103rd precinct declined in 2023 compared to 2022. Murders dropped by 83.3%. Burglaries were down 21.8% and shootings down by 57.1%. Captain Nicholas Miner tells me their focus has been highly visible foot patrols and specialty units. And how important is it for you to have your officers be a visible presence here? Very important. You know, I think it, it helps the community. It gives them a sigh of relief that they see a police officer in front of the store. And um, again, even just people coming in and out, like working, going to work and stuff, seeing a cop on that corner, you know, it gives them a sense of like security. Have you been seeing more police on the streets here? Yes. We got two on every corner just about. Two on every corner, some in the, in the stores, and they're out here. Let's get right to it now. 
We're here on Jamaica Avenue in Jamaica, Queens with City Council Member Natasha Williams. Great to be with you. Thank you so much, and thank you for being in Jamaica. It's wonderful. You're going to show us around a little bit yes. here in your district. So excited for you to come and see all of the things that we're doing here. So much is happening. The city is investing through our Jamaica Neighborhood Plan. Now, when you look around, when you take a walk here on Stephen in Jamaica, and you see the diversity of the community, and you see what's happening here, all the entrepreneurs as well, too, from the stores to the streets, what goes through your mind? We have the opportunity to make this an economic hub. We have the opportunity to address quality of life issues. We have the opportunity to build housing, but still maintain the fabric of our deep Southeast Queens community. And then when you uh, talk to residents in particular, because we're in the business district right now, what are their top concerns? The top concerns for many were no different than any other communities, of course, is public safety, quality of life issues. People just want to go home, have their trash picked up, but have to deal with speeding or other uh, grievances. And then most importantly, housing. A lot of people are in need of housing. The mayor has uh, set aside money, millions of dollars for Jamaica, so has the governor. How will the average resident or average business owner or vendor here or student or worker, how are they going to see that in the years ahead? So they're going to see that in infrastructure. I truly believe we need to invest both in our social and physical infrastructure. So making sure we have the appropriate schools for our students, making sure our streets are paved, making sure that people have the opportunity to work in this community. Standing right now, we are at the Stephen and Archer train station, the Salon Island Railroad, the E, J, Z, and the Air Train. How important is this train station and this tra huge transit hub to your plans for the future here? This is extremely important because it's a major transportation hub. You can get to 34th Street in less than 20 minutes. Millions of people travel through this area yearly, so we know it's very important. Now you have a, there's another vision for this whole area here with the train station, the transit hub behind us, and then going up this way, what's going to be happening? So the city actually, through the Economic Development Corporation, is building a plaza. So years from now, you'll have an amazing plaza that building won't even be there. And through the Jamaica Neighborhood Plan, we'll also have lots of other different types of buildings and other community infrastructure. We're here at the 103rd Precinct for our special episode of Street Soldiers on location in Jamaica, Queens. Let's check in with the NYPD and find out what they've got going on here. So, Captain, how big an area is the 103 Precinct? It's three miles long. It goes from the Van Wyck Expressway, the first West Point, to Francis Lewis Boulevard, from Hillside um, Avenue to um, the 110th Avenue. Our busiest sector is Sector Adam, which includes the Jamaica Business District, which is Jamaica Avenue from um, Merrick to Suffolk Boulevard, from um, you know pretty much Hillside down to uh, Archer Avenue. I used to come to Jamaica Avenue as a kid, you know, in high school, going to the movie theater. So to come here um, as a captain, you know, I, I have a, a vested interest in making sure that this community prospers. So right now we're on Jamaica Avenue. Um, we're approaching pretty much the, the heart of the Jamaica Business District. Um, you're going to see a lot of mom and pop stores. You're going to see a lot of commercial establishments as well. Um, you know, some stores are closing while other stores are opening up. But you're going you're gonna to get a mix of everything here. You know, from, uh, from restaurants and food to clothing stores um, to churches. You have everything here, right? And then how important is it for you to have your officers be a visible presence here? Very important. You know, I think it, it helps the community. It gives them a sigh of relief that they see a police officer in front of the store. 
and um, again, even just people coming in and out, like working, going to work and stuff, seeing a cop on that corner, you know, it gives them a sense of its security. A lot of the business districts in the city have been really hard hit by shoplifting. Mm -hmm. How are you tackling that? So we do like a multi-layer approach over here in the 103rd Precinct. We have foot posts from Jamaica Business District that are here every single day, seven days a week, from the morning from 9.30 to 10.30 at night. And then we also have our patrol sectors that monitor the locations as well. And even our specialty units made up of neighborhood coordination officers, um, our public safety teams, our neighborhood safety teams, they all pretty much come to the Jamaica Business District to do operations to help mitigate crime in the area. Well, what about the catch and release aspect of it? Because some, there's been some criticism of the of the, cut, the city's policies towards shoplifting that once they get caught, they get released, and then you have people with like over 100 in some cases uh, shoplifting charges. Well, we try to do executive controls with the ADA. We have a good partnership with the Queens ADA to, to try to make sure that they are remanded and they have a little bit set bail. We also have a program called the Trustpass, Trustpass Merchant Program where if someone is caught shoplifting, they get issued a trespass notice. So the next time they walk into the store, they get charged with a higher charge called a burglary in the third degree, which is a felony, which is a bail offense. So now there's a little bite so when you make that arrest, it's a lot more, it's a lot more punitive than just uh, a regular pedal loss in your arrest. Captain, we're in front of the famous Jamaica Coliseum Mall, kind of a legendary place in hip-hop culture. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's still open, there's a lot of businesses in there, but this whole side of the street is pretty much closed. What's going on Yes, here? you're absolutely right. So a lot of these businesses, the leases, leases are expired, and they're moving somewhere else because they're making a bus depot here in a couple of years. And what kind of safety concerns does that present to you when you have part that's open, part that's closed? I mean, we're still patrolling the same area regardless. So, I, you know, we have cops here on 165th Street pretty much every single day. So when it comes to safety, it's, it's, it's the same thing, whether the business is open or closed. As a Queens guy, are you hopeful about Jamaica? Absolutely. I think it's going to be, um, again, we see the revitalization right now, and I think it's going to keep improving as years come. As long as the public safety keeps going? Absolutely. Thank you for joining us for the special episode of Street Soldiers on location in Jamaica, Queens. And a special thank you to all of the people who shared their stories with us. You can watch this again and share it on our Fox 5 NY YouTube page. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Let's push for peace, love, and justice for all. HD and WQHT HD1 New York. This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers on Hot 97.